Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text this morning comes from two places, from Isaiah 2, verses 1 through 5, and then Matthew 24, verses 36 to 44. And you can follow along in your bulletin. And first with Isaiah. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established at the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills and all the nation's streets shall seem to it. Many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their, pr- their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. And now for Matthew 24. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, there were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day of Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. The two will be in a field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. What are you waiting for? What are you expecting to happen? What are you expecting to happen in your life, in this church, in the world? Do you expect something to happen in your life? Or do you just expect a life where nothing really special happens? 
I remember standing at the edge of the higher diving board at the YMCA in my hometown in Flint, Michigan. I had to be about seven or eight at the time. And you know, it wasn't the low diving board, but it wasn't the super high one as I can remember, but it was high enough. And I already have a kind of fear of heights. And I just stood there for a moment afraid because it was a long way down, at least from the mind of a seven-year-old. And it was in the deep end of the pool. And I already told you that I was afraid of heights. I was afraid of the deep end of the pool as well. So, you know, this was just all fear going all the time. And I remember just kind of maybe whimpering. Um, not a proud moment in my life. And, but I could look and see that my parents were kind of urging me to stop waiting at the diving board and to just jump. And that's what I did. I dove into the pool and I swam to the side. It was over. And from then on, I was able to get up to the high diving board. I won't say with no fear, but I wasn't so fearful that I froze. There are two kinds of waiting in the world. There is that waiting that is of expectation. That expectation of like you do when, as you're a kid and you're waiting for Christmas to happen. Or it could be that kind of waiting that happens when you're waiting for a baby to arrive. Then there is that kind of waiting that is kind of frozen, where time seems to stop. Whereas the other one is kind of like waiting for life to be born. Sometimes that could be kind of like waiting and seeing someone that you love in the final throes before they die. You know it's going to happen, but you don't know when. And in the meantime, everyone is kind of in this holding pattern until there is a final resolution. One kind of waiting is like time expanding, and you're basically counting the hours until things happen. The other one seems to shrink time and makes it almost meaningless as the hours and the minutes and the days go by. Advent is a time of expectation. It's a time of waiting for the coming of Jesus as the Christ child. Many of us who are Christians, many of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, we know this. We know that this is what Advent is all about, these few weeks before Christmas. But do we actually believe it? Do we actually expect a God that is arriving, a God that continues to arrive in our lives? Do we expect a God that is going to make a difference? 
do we believe of a God and expect of a God that will show up at this worship service? And do we expect that God can work through this church to be a people that can tell the world God is here? What are we waiting for? This last week, we have been reminded again through the news of what it means to be waiting and expecting. And as I said earlier, sometimes expectation can be a great thing of waiting like a baby, but sometimes expectation is waiting for rescue. This week, as we looked at the news, you saw things that reminded us about how we are sometimes waiting for rescue. Last week, of course, I shared the news that many of us had woke up to about a shooting that took place at an LGBTQ bar in Colorado Springs. The investigation is still in the early stages, so I am not wanting to make sweeping statements here. But what I do want to say is this. What we do know is that five lives, five people are no longer among the living. And five families have to deal with that horror. Then there is the war in Ukraine that continues. Russia right now is, in many cases, showering the nation with missiles hoping to basically knock out that nation's power infrastructure. And of course, winter is on its way. And for Russia, it seems like the hope is to force Ukraine to a negotiating table, to freeze them out. It could also be that Russian leader Vladimir Putin just wants to see the Ukrainians suffer. We don't hear about it as much, but there have been in Iran ongoing protests that happen. This is the result from the death of a woman back earlier in, in the year, in the fall, of a woman who died in police custody. She had come in from the far provinces into Tehran to visit and was arrested simply because she wore her head covering in a way that was not pleasing to the authorities. The government has cracked down, but the protests are continuing throughout Iran. And that includes the Iranian soccer team that did not sing the words of their national anthem during the World Cup. Many are fearful that they will face reprisals, maybe even before they return home. There are people in our world that are looking and seeking for rescue. Anticipation is not always just hoping for great things to happen. Sometimes it's just to be rescued. In our text today, we encounter two stories about waiting. 
In Isaiah, the people are waiting for deliverance, which is not unlike some of the news that we heard today. The days of King David and Solomon of a united and strong Israel are long gone. The, the kingdom has been split into two. The northern kingdom has already fallen, and the southern kingdom is barely hanging on as the Assyrians are beating down, bearing down on them. And it's in this climate that the writer of Isaiah brings a message of hope that God is bringing through him. It is here that God talks about a holy mountain where people will go to meet God in a time when war will be a thing of the past because there is no longer any enmity between people. It is a message of extreme hope and anticipation that could honestly be considered or be confused with daydreaming. The expectation is not going to change Israel's, the Israelite situation. But it is a future hope. It is a promise that God is giving them that they can live into. And they can move forward knowing that God will keep God's promises. In Matthew, Jesus is urging his disciples to be ready at all times, that God is coming. But it's important to note, this is not simply about the end of history, but it really is also about all the time, that God is present, and that we have to be watchful and have our eyes open to seeing God present and acting in our world, and that we cannot be like the people in the time of Noah who took it for granted until it was far too late. This Advent, we are looking at what it means to expect God in our lives. Great Expectations is looking at what it means to see God showing up in our own lives, in the lives of the church, and in our world. Over the last year, we have gone as a community of faith, gone through a lot. And that has included the selling our building and packing up and moving to where we are now. And that just took all a busy, very busy summer. And one of the things I sensed from that period, and even since now, is this concern about our size and sometimes about the task before us. And I share those concerns. It is hard to not be concerned about seeing us as our size and wondering how can God use us. We have lost people over the last two years, not necessarily to death due to COVID, but people who are, who are worshiping with us who aren't here anymore. And in many ways, it's easy for us in our community to look back at better days, like the people of Israel at that time, and wonder if any good days will come ahead. It's easy to become frozen on that diving board. 
afraid of the future. We can become complacent in not expecting God to show up anywhere in the life of this church or even in our own life. But God and Jesus calls us to a state of watchfulness, not just in Advent, but in every aspect of our life. And so I pose these questions. What if, what would it look like if we came to church expecting to see God? What would happen if we believed that God could use this small church to do God's work in the world and then take part in active waiting, stepping out of faith to do what God calls us to do, and then finding God there already working. Our theme during Advent is actually based on the Magnificat. That is the song that is found in the first chapter of Luke, where Mary sings, sings giving praise to God for being chosen to carry the Christ child. Mary is aware of who she is. She is a poor nobody in the backwater of the mighty Roman Empire. And yet, God chooses her. She talks about how God works through the small and through the lowly and the forgotten and confounds the proud and pulls the mighty down from their thrones. She expects a God that can do a mighty thing or to borrow a phrase from my black church upbringing, make a way out of no way. I've said that we have lost people over the years, and we have. But we've also gained people as well. I think that God has done great things in our lives already, and I think that there is still more that God can do. As a community, we can choose to be frozen in fear, or we can move forward in faith, waiting for the God who is God to show up in our lives, in the life of this church, in our own lives, and in our world. So about a decade after I spent that time on the diving board, I was now a teenager, and I was biking through Wisconsin with uh, the, my Boy Scout troop. And we stopped at a campground for the night. It was at a park. And the next morning, we decided to explore the nearby rock formations. At the time, I could not remember what it was. I knew it was near Baraboo, Wisconsin, somewhere in the Dells area. And in doing some research on the internet, I figured out where it was. It's called the Devil's Doorway. It is a site that looks over Devil's Lake. And the formation kind of looks like an arch of rocks, but it almost looks like a, kid, a baby that put these like precarious blocks and it looks like it could fall apart at any moment, but it's been that way for millions of years. And um, being young and um, stupid, I, along with the others, climbed the rock formation. There were others that were even braver that went up actually to the top. And there's a picture somewhere of all of us sitting there. And so when we were done, 
We all had to kind of leave and, and get off of the formation. And getting off was a little tricky. You kind of had to jump over some things to get uh, back onto a path. And um, when it came time for me, I had to kind of, I had to do something. I was kind of sitting there. And I could either um, stand there or I could kind of jump and get back to the path, which is what I did. And I remember everyone, the chaperones who were there were kind of surprised because they kind of knew that if I made the wrong move, that would have been kind of um, unfortunate for me. But I had to find a way to get off that formation and back onto solid ground. And so I jumped. I landed on the other side. And my chaperones were very thankful I did because then they did not have to place a, a call back to Michigan. I look back at what I did 40 years ago, and I will admit, I am totally will admit this, it was kind of stupid. But it was also a leap of faith. I couldn't stay where I was. And I had to trust that I would land on the other side. You and I are on that formation. Are we willing to take the leap of faith? Are we willing to jump and expect that God will be there with us? So I asked a final time, what are you waiting for? I hope that this Advent we are waiting for a God who is God. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey.